You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. And good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour as we kick off a brand new week. We'll have some fun today. Padres outfield prospect, one of the top prospects. In the organization, Taylor Trammell will swing by, and there is plenty to discuss on the baseball 2020 front. We will do that with 1976 National League Cy Young Award winner Randy Jones, the left-hander, and Brady Phelps. Brady, I should probably introduce you first because it is very, very hard to to introduce anybody after saying the Cy Ah. Young Award winner, so I apologize. It's it's fair. It's really whether it was first or last. I mean, I'm a nobody clown and, and RJ is a legend. So we've we've had four Cy Young Award winners, gentlemen. The Padres, yes. Yes, that's that's only, kind of only one only one currently on the show though. So yes. Yeah, and, and there's only can be one first Cy Young Award winner. Yeah. You were the first Obviously. you were the first of a lot of things. I mean, I wasn't around. Uh, <laughs> but, uh yeah. you know I, yeah, I was the first for a lot of things. Well said. I'm the uh, first to lose. I'm the first to lose 22. I'm the first to make an all-star team. I mean, I did a lot of first. Good lord! I like that you're quick to share the good and the bad of your. Oh, partner. you bet! Hey, come on, man! It'll, you know, that's what life does. Life will humble you, and it's how you bounce back, boys. You got to be oh. able to bounce back, man. RJ is nothing if not honest, and he's coaching us. I like that. I feel a that's little right. bit better already about myself. That's good advice, not just for baseball, well. but for life. Isn't that the beauty of baseball, RJ? So many of the lessons can be applied to life. I definitely, they definitely can. And it's like, I love watching Nikki panic when I don't get a hold of her or even contact her until 527. I Thanks like so. it. You know, it just drives Nikki nuts. And I just think that I get a kick out of it. Sorry. No, I mean, I, I fully understand where that comes from. It's That's, uh, that's almost as, as much fun as being in line at Home Depot. How did that go for you today? I, I just probably should go somewhere else. I didn't go well for the left-hander. I... I mean, I have some patience now that I'm a little older and mature, but I don't have that much patience, right. you know, and I don't, I can't tell who anybody is. They all wear masks. I don't know who they are. What yeah. was on the oh. menu today, Randy? What was, uh, what was so important <laughs> you needed to get out to Home Depot? Well, nuts and bolts. And I got a couple of things that just aren't fitting quite like they should. And, you know, then I'm, 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 I'm real close to my, like my dad and I Jimmy rig everything. So. I'm in Home Depot finding you know, finding this wire that I can bend and these bolts where I can cap it on there and yeah, I'm just getting creative. That's all. Right. It's great. You, you got to do what you got to do. County let permits. Me, yeah. Way over let me, let me, I haven't I haven't turned the electricity back on yet. I don't think I should yet. So I'm not done. You know. <laughs> well, be careful for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I would ask if I you. I love it. I might right. get fired up tonight. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, the big story in baseball revolves around this plan uh, about potentially the resumption of this sport uh, in early July. Now, I'm going to throw a bunch of caveats out there. We will get to the fun stuff. We will talk about the DH and playoff expansion because that's, the like I said, that's the fun part. That's the sexy part of all of this. But I do think it's important, guys, to, to throw out the caveats and the asterisks uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves. 
So the news in short is that the owners got together today and basically approved their proposal to the Players Association. That proposal is being sent over to the Players Association, headed up, of course, by Tony Clark, local legend. And uh, the players are expected to get that tomorrow, look at it, and this will be negotiation. Now, again, before we get to the fun stuff, there are major, major, major hurdles that exist between today and the possibility of playing MLB games for realsies in early July. One of them, obviously, is economic. And you've probably seen some of the public bickering going back and forth between the two sides as to how they'll share revenue uh, or what the salary situation will be for the players. They got to work that out. Pretty good hurdle. The second one, of course, and probably the most important one, certainly the most important one, is the public health aspect of this and the health of the players and the staff and everybody around. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, has been on record several times in the last couple of months saying, hey, we're not going to move back into the business of baseball on the field until we are given the green light by the health professionals uh, in the different communities, federally, everything like that. So this proposal that is being handed over to the players now for the resumption of baseball in July is not to say we're definitely resuming baseball in July if they can sign off on the DH. There is other stuff that has to happen. This is basically MLB saying, hey, if we're able to health-wise and economically play baseball in early July, we need to have a plan in place. We can't make that up a week beforehand and think that it's going to happen. So that's kind of where we're at, and that's the moment in time. they got to figure out the health. they got to figure out the economics. If they do and we're able to play in the early part of July, then great, that'll be the plan. But again, those are, I think it's fair to say, and fairly obvious, significant hurdles. So with all that being said, I would like to focus on some of the fun stuff here. And guys, obviously for some time now, we've known that 2020 would not be a normal major league season, no matter what. And I think, Randy, is it fair to say most of us as as baseball fans, we've come to peace with that. Like we know you're not getting 162 games and you're not getting a lot of the normal tradition. No doubt. No doubt. You, you, you might see a few new items like we're talking about DH for the national league. And, and if you want to try some things out, can you think of a better time? I'm sorry. You might as well go ahead and experiment and let's do it. Uh, but you know, I think overall, if you can get a half a season in and, you know, and, and, and let us get back to enjoying baseball. And, and I'll say it every Monday guys that we get together and do this show. I mean, then that, that, that's the common goal. You know, and, then, and here we go. We got the owners and the, and the players. Now, what'd you take? What'd you take this, that, that revenue sharing? You know, that's all got to be worked out. But, you know, as long as we're headed in the right direction, uh, they're talking about no fans, you know, in that type of thing. But still, get it back on TV, like I said, and, and you get your core group, your, your baseball ops guys. And, uh, and sh- hey, Jesse, should we do radio? If we're going to do games, oh, yeah. should we do huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you said TV. I was like, hey, don't forget about our friends on 97.3 The Fan. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I, I think we need it all. We need to run the game, but if we're going to do it, we need to do radio, TV. You know, and let's start enjoying the game. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, you get the competitive juices going again. And, and hey, all we know is just getting back to a little bit of normalcy in our lives. And, and, and God, I think we deserve it. I really do. I concur. I'm I'm sick of Home Depot. I don't want to go there. <laughs> There's no Home Depot that, for you during the baseball season. So that I want to go. I want to go to the ballpark. Yeah, different yeah. thing. All right. So here here's some of the reported details that have come out about this proposal. And again, this is just sort of the reports that are out there from all the different you know various uh, media outlets. None of this has been officially confirmed by either side. But it sounds like the season would be maybe 80 games, maybe 78 games, maybe 81 games, maybe 82 games, somewhere in that range. As Randy said, about a half a season. Uh, to try and cut down on the travel and some of the health risks. Uh, The idea that they are reportedly proposing is that you would only face teams in your division, 
now not just NL West, but also AL West in the Padres example. So the East teams would play all the East teams, the Central, all the Central, the West, only the West. You would not play the Cubs this year. You would not play the Mets this year. You would play only the NL West teams uh, and then the AL West teams, and you'd probably play more games against the NL West teams than you would the AL West now, teams. Now, Jesse, do you think that's more security, or do you think that's you know you know budget conscious and, and really uh, you know kind of maybe cutting spending for the sure. year? No, I mean you're right. It's got to be related to all of it. I you know yeah. I mean, we haven't gotten again official like word on this is why we want to do these things, but you're right. I mean that does cut down on the travel expenses in a big way. That's got to be part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know what? I'd love I'd love to beat the cheese out of Trout and the Angels. That'd be fun. I mean, kind of different. You know, I've like never that. been to a game there. That's one of three ballparks into Anaheim. Yeah. Oh my it's goodness! The closest one you could possibly go to. Right <laughs> no, like, play his weird schedules. So, give, hey, give him a chance now. Come on! Oh my goodness, that's Come wild. On. And what are you doing picking on Trout anyway? Why? I'm like, not. I know. I want to see him. That'd be great. I think. Yeah. Okay. Honest. I want to see him, but like you know, Trout. You know, he's he's a stud. I don't know why you would want to take him down. He can't hit a good slider. Get get out of here. Come he on. He can't hit a good slide. Look, he listen to what you're hey, talking about. He still <laughs> fell. He's failing seven out of ten times, like the rest of the guys. He's get literally real. the best player in Major did? League Baseball. Yeah, I know that. So. So how can is you he, knock is him he, down? He's the best of I'm not. Is he hitting five hundred? No, Who, nobody's hitting 500. That's right. You fail seven out of 10 times. I'll take my chances. Oh, Here he is. Goodness. Here's a good right. slaughter. Good luck to you too. With, with this, with this plan, I, you know, obviously Jess, I love that you made all the disclaimers because, you know, without the economics, baseball is not going to do a thing without the health. They shouldn't do anything. And so if, like you said, they can get those two things dialed in, which is a monumental thing to overcome, I believe, you know, I think Mike Tyson I don't even know if this quote is true or not, but the everybody's got a plan until you punch them in the mouth. And, you know, everybody had a great plan for the Major League Baseball season this year. And then coronavirus has punched us in the mouth. So what are we going to do about it? And I think that that's the position that Major League Baseball is in right now, where they're just trying to get it figured out. And if they can get these things lined up, they want to be able to move forward. And as fans, like, I mean, if you would have asked me, is the DH acceptable? I'd be like, you're out of your mind. I hate the DH and I don't want nothing. I want nothing to do with it. And in the National League, get get now. I'm like, but, yeah, but, hang on. You, you like, that is the least of my concerns right now. Right. Bring on the take. DH. I couldn't care less. Let's just play some ball. And so, you know, you have all your standards and your principles until you're back to the corner. And that corner is there is no baseball. And now it's like, yeah, bring on the DH. Who cares? Yeah, we're we're in no position, I think, to bicker about the DH or the number of teams in the postseason or the number of guys on a roster. And you might have seen on the graphic there. Of course, the new rule this year was supposed to be 26 guys up from 25. Now they're saying 30. Plus, you would have a 20 player taxi squad because you would not have a traditional minor league season taking place. So inevitably, guys are going to get hurt and you're going to need somebody to be able to come up and fill that. So, I mean, look, it, it's going to be wildly different. And again, this is a best, best, best case scenario when you take the uh, public health stuff into consideration, the economics into consideration. But, you know, is it fair to say, RJ, I'll start with you, but I want to hear from both of you guys on this and anybody else. If they were able to pull this off, let's call it 81 games, half. And you had these kind of semi-wacky rules. Would you be comfortable giving out the World Series trophy sort of as normal at the end of the season? No. No, I think it I no, not at all. Really? I mean, that's I, I think they just cut the hey, we guys, this this is a unique situation we're in. It's not even it's not a strike here like we did. You know, I mean, we walked out in eighty one and we we knew we weren't getting paid. 
you know, it, it only cost me like $75,000 in salary, but you know, that's what we did. The players, we, we walked out, you know, and in that season got abbreviated obviously, and we made some adjustments and finished it up the best we could. But I think overall, this is a completely different scenario. And, you know, if you, if, and I want to, I want to entertain the fans, but if you're going to tell me you're going to have a world champion uh, in baseball in 2020, well, good luck. You know, it's got to it's got to have an asterisk bite. I mean, I want to, I want to entertain the fans. Let's have some fun. But uh, if that's your ultimate goal, we got a problem. I'm sorry. Well, I got, a, I got a problem with you, Randy. I think good. that uh, I think you're outside of your mind. Of course, you give my World Series trophy. Because it's everyone is on this. It's on the same level playing field. It's not like like if somebody hits four hundred, well, that doesn't like that that won't go down in the history books the same way. Like because of baseball and the history and how important it is, you know. Hey, Terry Wood, no World Series trophy. I'm glad to see that you also agree with Randy. You're not stupid. Um, just kidding. I'm sure you're wonderful, but <laughs> I don't think that the, I don't because it's a level playing field. Then let them go out there and play and give them the World Series. Sure, there's going to be an asterisk. The whole year is going to have an asterisk. An asterisk actually looks like a little coronavirus, and I think it'll be. <laughs> I I just I don't I don't have any problem with it because it's a level playing field. Now, if you're going to hand out individual records, like if so, you know, because sometimes someone gets hot for half a season, and maybe they do hit four, maybe they hit your 500, yeah. Randy. Oh, and that well, I don't think you can. Let's you put them in the Hall of Fame. You know. Well, honestly, hey. if you can hit 500 for half a season, you probably deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you want to get into another two. argument, Randy? Yeah, I will in about 30 seconds because you're going to get 200 in the second half. That's what I think. So, well, maybe it's still yeah, pretty maybe, good. Maybe, yeah. It typically happens that way. You know what? If you got time this week, can you come by the house? Okay. <laughs> you know, I told you, Jesse. Really, I got the barn all cleaned up. I can slap you really good up there. Man. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm telling you right now. Okay. I <laughs> Very good I, counterpoint. You know what, you know what I love though? What I love is sitting here just talking baseball, arguing baseball guys. Hey, that's what it's all about. That's what I want. I want to get some passion back. And you know, I'm kind of getting excited about. Potentially, I don't you know, July, July 4th, whatever you want to start spring training, whatever you're going to do. Uh, you take a foul tip up, you know, if your nose, I don't care what they do. It's, it's, let's do something. I well, like Randy. Can, Randy, can you I'm respond ready. to this tweet from DM Stern 19? He says, You're yeah. playing for the trophy. If there's not going to be a trophy, why would you even bother playing? Well, you know, look at, yeah, I, I think we were playing for a trophy all those years I played, but you got to understand where we were at, amigo. I mean, we had a pretty good chance of winning, losing a hundred games when we were in camp. So, I mean, my my goals and my level, and I've said it many, many times. I would I would trade my Cy Young award right now for one start in a World Series game, just sure. to see what I'm made of. That's what I need to know. You know, I, I would trade that in a heartbeat to be in a World Series game. Uh, and but I just think overall. Uh, if you're going to give somebody an opportunity, I just think with a half a season, I I just want to get baseball. You know, I want to take care of some players and let's let's kind of get baseball healthy again. Arjun, you know, let me ask let me ask you because you were active in '81. You mentioned the strike. Do you look back at that World Series and sort of in your mind assign an asterisk to it with the split season and the way they assigned playoff berths that year? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. And you know, also you know, I just remember the you know the Brewers and the Brew Crew were just they were animals. You know, that was the year that Raleigh Fingers is the MVP and Cy Young Award winner. He was just slamming the door on the world over there in Milwaukee uh, every game and uh, unreal what they were doing. Uh, but I think overall, it was just, it was kind of exciting baseball. There's 
there was still an asterisk to it because, yeah, I mean, short season. I mean, gosh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just, you know, once you go through the grind for about eight, nine years and, you know, of 162 games and, you know, another two, you know, another 40 in spring training. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now you, you look at this and, and this game's going to be played differently if there's an 81 game schedule, which I want to see, gentlemen, don't get me yeah. wrong. Game's going to be played differently. Pitching's going to be used differently. Uh, you got the extra man. You might have, you know, two or three extra guys. Guy that started the day before will not be on the roster for three days. Okay. Man, you, and that you, makes sense. Do you think, do you think that the comments, so obviously you're baseball insider, you've lived and breathed the game your entire at the highest level, but do you think that the common fan would really re- able, be able to remember in 1981 was messed up with the strike? Or like, do you think that in their minds there's an asterisk in, in 81 or is it just like oh, yeah. another oh, yeah, season they, in the history of baseball? They might've been a little pissed at us. I think Brady, you know, after we lost, after we missed like 70 games. I mean, you yeah, know, but I mean, half the, half the fans that are watching this morning, they'd already walked in want to talk to us again. You know, you know, really interesting point here by this guy and it's funny because this might not be a question we're able to answer until after the fact. Let's say one of these big-time teams you would have expected to be in the World Series anyway this year, Yankees, Dodgers, whatever, ends up right. winning it. People might look back and be like, hey, they're a great team. But if, say, in a short season with all the volatility and craziness, you know, a team, Padres, whoever, you know, comes out that maybe the national experts didn't think had a chance to win the World Series in a normal 2020 and wins it, maybe that does impact the way people look back at it historically. It's kind of an interesting point you made. That's there. an interesting point. Now yeah, that, 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 not. Could, that could get new unique. If somebody got really hot, some you know team out of nowhere. Um, that now that could be kind of intriguing, Brady. And that 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 would be kind of memorable. I actually but, think that that's the Padres' absolute. I mean, they're in a great position to that to possibly steal <laughs> a, a trophy because of that exact reason. I mean, the Dodgers have the most stacked team in Major League you, Baseball, and they want to you want to steal it, the trophy, you deserve it. Well, I'm going to steal or deserve it. Talk to me. Talk to me. Again, again, level level playing field. Everyone, everyone's playing the same amount of games. Uh, If you can catch lightning in a bottle, then great. Brady, come come, on. Hey, Brady. Jimmy, come on. Yes, Randy. Come on out. Come on out to the bar. Give me a hand. (laughs) All right. I could I could use a nice conversation with you. RJ is on fire. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move past this part of the conversation and get to the other stuff that we've planned. But again, my, my final word on this is. Uh, don't get too wrapped up in all this stuff. This is the plan if the health situation is taken care of, the testing situation is taken care of. Obviously, we all hope that's the case. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see how this thing all unfolds. It's not as simple, unfortunately, uh, as baseball and the players coming together, signing off on this thing. And then we're going to have baseball on July 4th. There's still a lot more that has to go into it uh, between now and then. So we'll continue to keep you updated. It's perfect. We're doing the show every day. You'll be fine. Uh, the other thing that kind of came out in the last couple of days about Uh, 2020 and how it would be different is that the draft is going to be shortened. I believe this was Friday news. And so the draft is only going to be five rounds this year. You can sign unlimited undrafted guys, uh, but only for $20,000 in terms of a signing bonus. So I think, you know, a lot of guys perhaps would pass on that, go back to school, depending obviously on their own, you know, unique situations. Um, Disappointing. You know, I think for a lot of the amateur baseball community out there, obviously uh, a lot more limited opportunity here in 2020, but it's one of those, you know, I think it is what it is this year, and we sort of uh, understand again that it's a uh, it's it's a bad year for a lot of reasons, and, and baseball is a, a small part of that out in uh, society as a whole. Uh, Brady brought something to my attention today. Uh, this is a guy you know, I guess. Uh, I believe his name is Colin Ruthenberg, 
And uh, with all the different ideas being kicked around for how to get baseball realistically played here in 2020, he's he's just a guy, right? Tell us a little bit about, about what he did here. <laughs> uh, he's he's a, a friend. He plays college ball here in San Diego. And he um, he came up with a plan where he he reached out to me and said, you know, we have a go forward plan for, for major league baseball for 2020. And the, the catch is that it's solely here in San Diego, uh, which I thought was super interesting idea. And he laid out, there's some uh, shots of what he laid out and it basically utilizing, you know, Petco Qualcomm and all the local colleges. And I think even a high school in there, he came up with a plan, a schedule locations, uh, you know, came up with a lot of different scenarios. I think there's obviously some, uh, you know, players association issues and uh you know i think they've established that you know being in one city probably isn't going to going to fly with the cba jesse you could probably speak to that a little better than i can yeah um but i did think it was pretty creative of him to kind of come up with this go forward plan and you know you can see his name there and check it out on twitter i mean he has a google doc where you can go and kind of read through and it is kind of fascinating to think like what would it look like if you were watching you know your favorite pro team play at a high school or play at one of the junior colleges locally. So I thought it was pretty cool that he, you know, put the time and effort into, you know, again, the other things that we talked about aside, this is assuming that we can do it safely, assuming that the economics work out. But I think everyone right now is just sort of grasping at straws, you know, like how can we make the sport that we love happen and do it safely? And so here's an idea and, and people are throwing it out and see what works. So, I, I thought it was pretty cool that he he came up with this. It is. And like you said, it, it might not be realistic in, in terms of like the way things actually need to work out. But nonetheless, it's a really fun read. You know, it's like 11 pages, as you said, of a Google Doc and kind of he lays it out. He makes a very good argument. He put a lot of effort into it. You could tell. So um, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And, and Colin, nice work, man. Uh, you got a, you got a future in this business if uh, if you're interested in it. <laughs> Uh, as again, you know, the, the harsh realities of the world kind of smacks us in the face every couple of days. We're talking here about this plan to get it going again. Uh, soccer in Germany got the governmental go ahead. Uh, they, they said, all right, yeah, you guys can try and play. Uh, but Bundesliga 2, which is the second league there, kind of their uh, not their main biggest league, but the next one down. Uh, they've got an entire team now in quarantine for two weeks after a couple of players tested uh, positive for coronavirus. That'll obviously be an interesting piece of. Uh, this proposal that MLB and the players are going to kick around this week. What happens uh, if and when, you know, somebody or somebody's tests positive on a team? Do they have to forfeit those games? Do we pretend like those games didn't exist? Do they just move a couple of guys, you know, off to the side? I don't know. I mean, those are those are weighty questions, obviously, uh, that that have to be figured out. So anyway, it's uh, it's happening everywhere. Uh, one place where we do have uh, semi-normal baseball, of course, is in Korea. Uh, the KBO is off and running now a week into their season. Uh, if you haven't been with us every single day, you don't know. We are very big KT Wiz supporters here. Uh, they're like the youngest team in the KBO League. Uh, they went 500 last year. It was the first time that they had a, a non-losing record in the season. We said, we're going to grab these guys on the way up. And they promptly started their season 0-3 against the team that finished in last place last year. Sadly, <laughs> felt all too familiar to too many sports fans uh, who on juggernauts. Uh, so then they had to play a road series this weekend. They had to go up to Doosan and take on the defending champions. And on Friday night in that first game, they took some aggression out on the Doosan Bears. Our guys cool. won 12 to three in that game against the defending champions. Uh, there's like they pounded out 22 hits. It was just a dominating effort. That was Friday. Saturday, they got rained out. And then yesterday was perhaps the most bonkers uh, baseball game that I've seen in some time. The day game on Sunday, guys, they were down seven runs at one point. The Wiz, 
They got two in the top of the ninth inning to tie it, including a two-out home run uh, that tied the game. They would take the lead in the 10th inning before blowing the lead in the bottom of the 10th. And then in the 11th, they would eventually fall. I think we have the play in which they lost the game on. There was the game-tying homer in the ninth, by the way. A bomb. Just a bomb. So this is, again, against the defending champions on the road. You beat them up on Friday. Little John Cena as he rounds third. Uh, and, And here you go. This is how they lose the game. This is about as bad as it gets. I hate to tell you. Ground ball, second base. Let me turn oh, no. two. Oh, oh. No, let me turn oh. one. No, oh. game over. Oh, man. Save me. In, in 11 innings. Riddle. <laughs> they were down seven earlier in this game. They come back, it's, and that's how they lost it. That's uh, that's rough. So they're overall, uh, is it one and four, one and five? One and four, yeah, with a right now. Yeah. So it turns out everybody beats the Wiz. So I far. Hope, I hope that guy doesn't cut his hair, though. Don't lose your – yeah, it looks good, man. Got to keep the moss. That's good, Randy. Keep that moss, man. Good pitch. <laughs> Don't play ball. Come on. Uh, that's tough. You know, we're we're used to in San Diego. You know, saying like, you know, they were down by seven and they brought it to eleven innings. You know, there's a lot of, yeah. you know, yeah. they were and in, in justification on losing. And oh, here's <laughs> the good things about it. And yeah. So the good news is we don't have to ingest our mentality to be able to follow <laughs> the whiz. So they're just gonna keep doing their yeah. thing. It's it's uh that's tough. So but one yeah, out is on first and second. Hey, you want me to tell you? You want me to tell you what that oh. guy on the mound's thinking right now? Do you, you really don't want to know what he's thinking right now, do you? I got a pretty good idea. Let's, let's hear he, the no, you guys, you guys have a really good idea of what he's thinking. That second base is the piece of you know what you know you can't play. You know, you know. come on, that's a nice wizard. Story. You're not a wizard. Wizard, my. But, you know, yeah. he's all over. He's just well, all he's over. He's no Ozzie Smith, that second baseman, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, so. I love it. You they, know, uh, hey, look, look, at the, look at the highlights. I still enjoy watching the Korean baseball. Hey, sorry. It's hardball. Like the other day, I, I just I popped it on real quick, and the guy just nailed the uh, – I don't know, the guy had a red uniform on. He just nailed him right in the rib cage. And I went, yeah, that a boy. I just smacked him with the first pitch. I'm like, here we go. You know, I like it. Hey, welcome to the game. Just, you never did that on purpose, though, right, Randy? You never hit never that. wouldn't even dream yeah. of doing that. Yeah, of course not. You know, unless they were limping, they might hit them in their shin so they could limp. I like seeing guys limp. You know, it's funny. We had Jeff Passan from ESPN on last week, and he talked about, you know, the, the style of game that they play is like what baseball looked like here 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of contact, not a lot of walks, not a lot of strikeouts, not a lot of home runs. Although uh, they do think perhaps the ball is juiced, but that's uh, that's another. Yeah. They're opening up uh, their third series tonight. Good, big news by the way for our Wiz. We'll be on American television for the first time, uh, two thirty a.m. Pacific on ESPN two. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Prime time. Prime time. Two thirty a.m. Two thirty a.m. First pitch. Yeah. I'll set my alarm. There you go. I expect to be there. I'll FaceTime you. We can watch together. Hey, and you know what? And, and, and we'll do a scouting report next Monday at 530. How's that? Uh, they're taking on uh, NC Dinos on the road, 2.30 a.m. on ESPN2 tonight. Dinos, by the way, they had home games. Check out what NC Dinos has done to try and add a little atmosphere. Those are creepy cardboard fans right behind home plate. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Bring on more the more creepy cardboard fans that we can get, the better. You know what, Brick? Brick, that could be a great promotion right there, all by itself. Well, you and I yeah. should do that. Well, if we start games at Petco, we can't have fans, right? Let's get people together and we'll do cardboard fans. Yeah, and we'll just we'll just stack them in there. We'll put forty thousand in there, cardboard fans. What do you think? 
I, I think it's great. I think you'll you'll be the one uh, putting them all in all the seats, all 40,000. I'll just I'll get some of the pottery volunteers, man. I'm gonna get some help. I know that. I mean, hey, uh, we'll make it happen. That'd be fun. Apparently, be great. Uh, cardboard cutouts do not have to socially distance. Apparently, yeah. good to know. Uh, good to know. One other Korean note. I thought this was absolutely fascinating. Um, there was a series uh, this week. One of them where the players were really unhappy about the strike zone in a couple of games, and the league demoted five yeah. umpires. Uh, down wow. to essentially what is their equivalent of uh, it's not triple a but you know like their their next league underneath obviously that's not something that happens here um but apparently it should it be five mm. umpires a week into the season an entire crew demoted down after some bad ball strikes one of the the results i guess of all of this was this guy lee uh young q who plays for hanwha eagles complaining about them i'm gonna read this we have radio listeners, obviously, on 97.3 The Fan also. This is the classiest complaining <laughs> about an umpire I've ever heard in my life. Even though it's only been three games this season, a lot of players are really unhappy with the lack of consistency on ball strike calls. I'd like to ask all the umpires to please be more considerate of the players. We're all very confused with the inconsistent zone. I know the umpires are doing their best out there, but I just hope they should start seeing things from the players' perspective, too. Nicest thing I've ever heard in my life as it relates to complaining about umpires. Oh, it worked because they're gone. I wonder what he majored. You must have had a philosophy major in college or something. <laughs> I, uh, philosophy. I was, that's, and eloquent, that's just eloquently put. I mean, you know, really. Yeah, this guy's a sweetheart. I love I love that. Mm-hmm. And he got exactly what he wanted too. He, he didn't put dumb, he didn't put dumbass in there one time. I'm just absolutely <laughs> amazed. I'm just amazed. He he killed him with kindness and he came out on top. It's great. I love he's, it. He's looking for a pitch down the road when they get back. He's looking for a pitch. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. What is it? You you catch more flies with honey? Is that the thing? Uh, uh, it might it might work. Unbelievable. Yes. Randy's uh, right. and uh, Taylor Camel. Coming up in a few minutes. Uh, first, though, a couple of on this dates and baseball history. Randy, I would absolutely love to get your take on this one. On this date, 1977, uh, Ted Turner, the uh, nascent owner of the Atlanta Braves, made himself the manager. They had lost, I believe, at this point, 16 games in a row. They had been bad for a long time. Dave Bristol is the manager. He was not fired. Uh, Ted Turner just sent him on like personal leave for 10 days. Turner took over. Uh, they lost two to one. They actually had a competitive game, but they they lost. At the moment, he became the uh, first owner-manager since Connie Mack of the Philadelphia A's. Uh, that night, the National League said, uh, no more of this. Uh, you can't you can't do this anymore. So they put the bench coach in charge, but he did manage for one team. Randy, obviously, you're in the league. You're in the division uh, at this point. What were right. you guys as players thinking and saying when the guy comes out of the owner's box? And he'd already tried some goofy stuff there, and he would try more uh, before they really found their rhythm in Atlanta. Uh, when he decided to put himself in the manager's seat for him. Well, you know, he just shook our head and going, yeah, this is going to work real well. Just, you know, another one of those, you know, publicity stunts. And, you know, and I remember we were joking about, you know, because, you know, he's sitting there on the bench and he's looking at the bench going, what do I do now? What do I do now? What a, what do, look at that shot. Who, who should I warm up? What do I do now? What's, you know, he had no clue what he was doing. But, you know, once again, another publicity stunt to shake some things up. And, you know, hey, number one, the, the 70s at this point in time, Baseball was not real, real pretty in Atlanta. I just want you to know that. I remember this, and they weren't playing very well. They found more ways to lose baseball games than the Padres did in the early 70s. I'm telling I'm you. saying something. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, they really did. But, uh, you know, like you get Charlton, you get Charlie Owen in, in, in Oakland and watching him. And, 
you know, and then Ted Turner over there and, and, uh, and Ted did a lot of positive things. And I'm not sure that him uh, becoming manager for a day was one of his favorites. I don't know. It might've been a Gene Fonda idea. My opinion. You, know. <laughs> you think Gene Fonda was behind it? I think so. I really do. I, I don't, I, I guess it was the year prior, right. That, um, that, Hank Aaron was no longer on the on the team, right? So I, I think yeah. I think he retired in '76. I just wonder if something like that would have flown if he was still on the team. And I, yeah. I mean, the, the amount of ego, the amount of ego involved to be the owner and just be like, you know what, you. Go, I thought I Jess, you said it was like personally, but I thought he had sent him on like a scouting report or something like just made something up you know, go look up, at this yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah whatever it was it didn't matter it was, it was an opportunity for him to put on the uniform and get down there and coach and i just i mean what an ego to get down there and be like yeah i think i got this you know this guy's no no good and I mean, it's, it, it's just it, he never said i could do it better than you can he was just trying to shake things up a little bit that's right um, yeah. I mean, well and you lose 16 games straight it's like you can't yeah. get worse so you know what do you what are you doing so Brady, I, I, what would you have given to see Ray Kroc try and pull this off? Oh my! I was Lord. just about to say it's so Stop good it. that they made no. this a law because Steinbrenner and Ray Kroc 100 would have ended up in uniforms down on the field trying to coach. Well, that's I've one of the never great seen a bunch of this is even George Steinbrenner at one point apparently said to him like, "Hey man, you got to chill out. Like this is this is." <laughs> <not> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when you know things have gone sideways. Yeah, is when Steinbrenner is the one telling you to calm down. It's like, yeah, yeah time to reevaluate things. I've got a bad thought though. If Ray Kroc's coming out to change pitchers, and we, we're talking about a human rain delay, it's going to take him forever to get out there and change that pitcher, boys. What, what do you sorry, mean, Andy? Why? He walked pretty slow, guys. I mean, he just he didn't set any land speed records moving around. He had he had take, yeah, it'd take it a while. Maybe he could have started a new trend. Just do it from the top step of the dugout. Just stand yeah. up. There. <laughs> well, that that is spread the game up. Yeah, we're eight, right in her. Bring in the right in her. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, so that was on this day, nineteen seventy-seven. On this day, twenty sixteen, uh, Max Scherzer, then of the Nationals, or still of the Nationals, obviously got the opportunity to face his old team in wow. Washington, the uh, Detroit Tigers, and he would strike out twenty uh, top three guys in the batting order that day for Detroit: Ian Kinsler, J.D. Martinez. Miguel Cabrera, three pretty good hitters, obviously. They combined to go one for 12 with nine strikeouts. Uh, Scherzer was absolutely spectacular that night. Obviously, went to the World Series last year. He turns 36 years old in July, guys. Um, you know, we, we talked to Brian Dozier a couple of weeks ago on the show, and obviously he was on this team last year, the Nats, when they win the World Series. And he went out of his way, Randy, to talk about how veteran of a team the Nats were last year. Um, with all the movement towards acquiring and kind of hoarding young talent, understandably in baseball these days, there's still something to be said. Like guys don't just have to disappear when they turn 30. Scherzer is as good of an example as that as his former teammate, Justin Verlander as exists. Yeah. And you know what? There's still plenty of talent, you know, in that 36 year old kid. And, and I say kid and, and, uh, and everybody's a little bit different. And, um, and this man still has electric stuff and, I would not discount him at 36 years old, but I think, you know, overall, everybody's a unique, a little bit different, but you know, when you get the competitive juices going, I don't think anybody's more competitive than Scherzer. I love it. Where's it on his sleeve too. And I like that. Yeah. He's fun to watch. He really is. Uh, not those, really against your team, but that's by the way, not to go and notice that we've put Kinsler striking out twice now on the, on the screen. That's just mean to poor, poor Kinsler. He's a leadoff um, hitter. 
<laughs> but man, I think Scherzer yeah. has like superpowers with those uh, multi two different color eyes. I think that that is really what is the the key to his extra uh, longevity in this career. That's that's I think what it comes down to. Hey, gentlemen, I, I want you to know, 1976 in, in May, I had five starts in May. You know, I went, I went five and zero, oh, and I didn't have 20 strikeouts for the month. <laughs> and, I, and I threw and I threw 45 innings. I completed all five of them. And I'm just saying, you know, and I didn't punch 20 guys out. I'm going yeah. to There's more than one way to do it. And uh, how do you do that? Very well, your way, man. Yeah, man. he wasn't throwing. He wasn't throwing sinkers and making guys ground out in the double plays, Randy. Man, that's no. just incredible. Cheesing. Look at there, he is. There, yeah. there he is. there he is. Yeah, there you go. Well, that picture is worth twenty strikeouts. I'm going to throw the hell out of that ball, aren't I? It's seventy-five <laughs> miles an hour, boys. <laughs> hey, it yeah, I like it. How that's many different true. gloves did you use over the course of your career in a game? Um. Oh no, I just uh, me see. I had a pretty much a a, a new glove every year. Okay. I break it in. I just I use it all year. And, uh, you know, my Cy Young glove is I'm looking at it right here on the wall. Um, we have a tendency to you lose your used gloves. They disappear from you. And I was determined that I was not going to lo- you know, lose my Cy Young glove. So I took it in. There, let me grab it. Oh, he's, he's getting the Cy Young glove. He put it on the wall. He's taking it down. Well, see, I was smart enough, guys, that. I had it bronzed. Oh, yeah. It's harder to walk away when it's hanging on the wall. Yeah, it's hanging on the wall. It's not going anywhere else, boy. This, this is the one that uh, set the major league record, like with 128 chances, never made an error, and that's the leather that I used. So I don't know anything about bronze gloves. Can you actually still slip your hand in there and have it fit? Negative. I wouldn't do that. No, I don't think so. It's a good question. No, I really don't know. I mean, because if, yeah. it, if it's bronze in the outside and the inside without, you know, filling oh, it in. Don't want to it. You know, I've never looked at the inside, Brady. You're a sick puppy, man. I'm telling well, you. It's, it's a glove. It's not I mean, like a I mean, living I mean, thing. Why, why would I look inside? I mean, I may never thought of it. I don't know. I don't what's know. Next time uh, I come over, I'll see if I can slip my hand in. Well, that's a great idea, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I know the one thing, guys, you know, and I have to mention this. I have never seen so much. The increase in fan mail is getting scary. I'm getting oh, really? You're still coming in strong, huh? I mean, absolutely. Just flooding the mailbox. You know, Randy, we call that the, the social hour bump. Okay. so uh, Is that the bump? I think, you know, I'm, know calling, in the industry. I'm calling that American boredom, man. They're just, yeah. everybody's got, the kids are coming out of the woodwork writing letters and do it's you get incredible. people sending you uh, baseball cards with self-addressed yes. stamps envelopes to sign it and send it back? Yes, yes, they they do a great job of that. But I mean, I'm not. I, if I've gotten one, I've gotten five or six hundred. Wow. Do people do people ask you for um, specific inscriptions, and do you no. accommodate that, or do you only write your name? Uh, no, I mean uh, certain things on baseball card. You're pretty much I'm gonna autograph those. You're not getting Cy Young and two time All Star and yada yada yada. There's nothing to form on it. Uh-huh. Number one, now if you send me the cover of Sports Illustrated or something like that, and that's a little bit different. Um, you know, like I requested, you know, to Jesse, you're the greatest. I look up to you, Randy Jones. You know, like would you do that kind of thing? <laughs> Negative. You're denied. You know, you you, you, know, you get the autograph and you'll like it. Okay, you get over. <laughs> Yeah, uh, when you get, we're having fun. You get, 
There was 600 pieces of mail. Yeah, you're. I'm. I'm not going to go into inscriptions. No. Hey, what else do you have to do? Uh, Randy, <laughs> we're giving him a, a hard time about all that, man. I, I'll tell you what, though, being down on the field during batting practice, you know, when there are actually games at Petco Park, uh, it seems like 81 times a year I see Randy down there with some group, uh, whether it's uh, military families or, or somebody else in the community, always taking care of people. So we're giving you a hard time about this, but. Uh, it, it's awesome what you do for the fans. I love it, man. I just, I enjoy him. You know, I miss him. I, I, I love being around him and there's never a dull moment. The fans and in our pottery fans, you know, and bringing back the Brown and all that, you know, some of the boys, it's always good to see the guys and they're down at the ballpark, having fun, enjoying the game that we love and our passion. Jesse, it doesn't get any better than that. And, and, I, and I miss that camaraderie. That's what's really probably the, the toughest out of all this. It's just, you know, being isolated and, and not being able to hang out and talk talk shop with anybody. No, there's, there's no question. There's no question. All right. We've got uh, an interview now. Uh, earlier today, I got the opportunity to talk uh, with Padre prospect Taylor Trammell, one of the top prospects in this system. We'll get back to Randy and Brady in a few minutes. 22-year-old outfielder, left-handed hitter. Uh, and I, I got an opportunity to talk to him on the stage at FanFest, for those of you who are at Petco for that event back in January. And the charisma just like oozes off of Taylor Trammell. Phenomenal personality, great guy to talk to. He was nice enough to check in with us. Uh, we talked a lot about how he was traded last year. Remember, he came to the Padres and started part of the uh, Fran Mule Reyes deal. He came from Cincinnati. It was a three-way trade with the Indians. And, uh, you know, what that was like to get traded. We also talked about his famous Grand Slam that basically won the Texas League Championship for the Amarillo Saab Poodles last year against the Dodgers affiliate, the Tulsa Drillers. Taylor, great to see you. Thanks for doing this. Glad to hear everything is uh, okay with your family. Obviously, that's the primary thing for everybody right now, but... Let's hop in the time machine, go back to Peoria a couple of months ago already at this point. How was spring training going for you, your first in the Padre organization? Well, first of all, it's crazy to think that's a few months ago. Um, you know, time's, time's really flying by when you're, like, trying to be in quarantine and doing all this stuff. But uh, it's great. It was great. It was a good time. I got a chance to actually just just go to Peoria. That was my um it was my first time at the actual complex. I've, I've been to the actual, to the Peoria uh, field, but I hadn't been uh, over on the Padres side before. And it, one, it's a, it's a beautiful uh, facility. Uh, they did a great job with it. And in all honesty, I, I, had a, I had a blast in spring training. I learned a lot uh, from a lot of people, uh, just the guys roaming around there, learning from the guys, uh, guys up top and everything like that. So like I said, I had a blast. It was fun. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm playing a game that I love for a living, so it's, it's, it was it was a, it was great. Obviously, you were acquired during the season the year before, so you're kind of trying to learn everybody in the organization on the fly. There's only so much of that you can do during a season, so I imagine like that part of spring training was really valuable this year. Yes, absolutely. It was it was great to meet everyone. Uh, the the problem that I had was I'm I'm very bad with names, um, so it was it was tough when I had to like ask again every single time like people when you know i initially uh wanted to know their name again and it's like yeah we met two days ago and i'm like i'm sorry i apologize so that was just kind of like the uh, weird part about it but just the just the amount of people that we met uh, the amount of people that were there uh, the resources that were there uh, it was first class um that's what i love about this organization 
What was that experience like last year having been traded? I mean, it obviously happens to most guys at least once uh, before all is said and done. But as a young guy coming up double A last year, still trying to get your feet under yourself a little bit, I think, as a professional to go through that at that stage in your career. What was that whole experience like for you? Um, It was it was interesting uh, for the most part. I know uh, initially uh, there was a lot of emotions, uh, given the fact that Cincinnati was a team that I originally got drafted by. Um, met a, whole, a lot of people in the organization, um, met a lot of people in the city, uh, just got to build a, a, a great bond with those guys. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden it's just like a snap and it's through. Um, not really the relationships or anything like that, but it's like, okay, I'm on a new team. Like, you know, we're not buddy-buddy like that anymore for the most part. Um, and I say that just hypothetically, uh, hypothetically but – uh, it was, uh, like I said, it was a lot of emotions. Um, keep in mind during that time, I, I was, uh, struggling. I felt like I was struggling, um, probably not producing the way I wanted to. Um, and it was, it was tough because it was like, oh man, you know, these guys really don't want me anymore. And then, uh, just kind of like seeing the, the light of it, it was, you know, San Diego, they, the Padres, they see something in me and they see, you know, that I can produce, I can produce for their team. And I took it with a grain of salt. I took it with, you know, just the light of the situation. And that's the way I saw it. It wasn't, um, it wasn't like, oh, this is, this is terrible. This is a horrible thing that's happening right now. Uh, I turned that into, this is my new organization. This is where I'm going to produce. And this is where I'm going to, you know, build myself into the big leaguer. I think it's fair to say not all guys at the stage of the career that you're at would be able to handle it, I think, that well. But it says a lot about, I think, your character and your makeup, which I'm sure is part of why the Padres were excited about acquiring you. You mentioned, you know, the numbers were a little bit down last year. You get traded. What went right for you by the end? Because things really did tick up a lot. What What was the change or was there a change uh, when, when you started getting it going again at the plate later on in the season? Yes. So for me, it was it was it was about comfortability. Uh, I, I wasn't comfortable. Um, I, I don't know where that um, I don't know where that line or that time went where I, I really wasn't. Uh, I got away from where I was. And I also just uh, I just said, you know, um, talking to my family and everything like that. I think uh, sometimes my mom, she's she's the most simplistic person that I know. She's just like, see the ball and hit it. And so I kind of just combined the two and just said, um you know, just feel comfortable. Um, actually, it's three things. Feel comfortable, see the ball and hit it, and just be athletic. And um, going into just the mechanical stuff, I really don't want to go into that much, uh, but it, I, I got comfortable. Uh, I got to a point where I saw the ball longer. I got to a point where I was comfortable, and I got to a point where I was just – I felt I was most athletic, and that's where I got to. And the results, um, the results showed that. And that's where I, that's where I felt was the, the turning point in my season uh, last year, probably like the last month, three weeks or something like that. And then including playoffs and stuff like that. I felt that that is where um, I, I started to get that turning point. And also just mostly just being calm and just having fun in the game, because it, back to your previous question, when, I got traded, you know, going into a new organization, you know, like I said earlier, I wasn't 
feeling the best. I wasn't producing like I felt like I should. Going into normalization, I'm thinking, oh, darn it, I got to go and produce. I got to be this guy. I got to do this. I got to hit four home runs a game, you know, and it, it realistically, no, that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be myself. I'm supposed to be who I am and not try to do too much and pretty much be Taylor Trammell at the end of the day. No, it's uh, worked out very well. I think the, the culmination of all those adjustments and all those things going right for you, of course, the deciding game of the Texas League Championship Series against Tulsa, uh, the Grand Slam. I think Padre fans by this point have already seen the highlight a thousand times. Uh, it is one of the coolest just most big time moments, you know, that, that you could ever ask for coming up in a deciding game of a championship series with the bases loaded. What are your like memories now? Not of the video, not having rewatched it, not having people show it to you and talk to you about it, but your memories of the actual moment of it happening. Yes. Yeah, so um, <laughs> going into the at bat. Um, so it was, it was bases loaded. Uh, keep in mind, I already was in bases loaded situation before that. Uh, we didn't get the, we didn't get the guys in. And I remember it was, I think it was two outs. And early on uh, in the game, it was two outs. I came out of base a lot, ground out to first. After that, um, you know, I, I kind of did my, my whole routine, you know, flush it. Don't even worry about it. You're going to come up in a different situation. You got to be ready. Um, get to a two, uh, I actually got to, a, um, I think it was a one, two count, uh, one, one count, sorry, one, one count. And uh, a ball was, thrown and I, I thought it was a little bit high and looking back at the video um i got a little bit out of the character and I, I i look back and i'm like i shouldn't have done that but thankfully i didn't i don't think i should have gotten thrown out people say like oh yeah you went a little bit too long but uh in my opinion i didn't say anything wrong i didn't say anything bad or anything like that it was more of a stern like hey let's go we can't have this this is you know this is a this tight game been great all day can't can't this this is not the at bat <laughs> Um, and so doing that, during that, during that time, uh, I kind of just said it was, if you look at the clip, it's like a two seconds where I kind of like am done and lock back in. But in my mind, it was, all right, lock back in, dude, let's go like, let's get this thing rocking. And so, uh, got a pitch, um, and long was the pitcher, uh, with the Dodger well, Tulsa drillers at the time. And, uh, I just got a really good pitch that I can hit and I hit it. Initially I was like, Oh, let's go. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you think about when you're a kid, um, uh, as a kid, you know, you think of, you know, in the ninth inning, you come up, bases loaded, you know, your team's down and it happened. And so I hit it and I remember like going down first and I remember hitting first base. And once I hit first base, like I blacked out. I don't, I don't remember anything of that time or anything like that up until um, I'm pretty sure I, I think I was, I have five probably Luis Patino or something. I think it was with Patino. And uh, after that, I just blacked out. I mean, and then I, the funny part about the whole thing was I was so exhausted from saying, let's go afterwards that I had to rewrap my mind to say, dude, you have to play another half inning because we weren't the home team. And well, obviously we weren't the home team. Duh. But uh, uh, I had to rewrap my mind through all that. And I was like, look, you got to play another like half inning because keep on, they're great. They were a great hitting team. Uh, they could change the game like that. And 
that's what I had to get my mind on to. And then Hudson's Hutch's uh, three-run home run, that was just the icing on the cake. And I love that when he hit that ball, I was I was, I was was more excited for him than my bat because I'm like, dude, one, Hudson's a great kid. And I, I just – I genuinely just love that guy. I was so happy for him. I, was, I just wanted to go up to him and, like, just smack his head the whole time. I was like, let's go, dude. So that was a great time for me. I asked this question to Mackenzie Gore last week the value of winning a championship, you know, minor league level, little league level, high school level, whatever it is, what, what that can teach you as a, as a competitor, as a professional athlete. For me, when you win, you know, those, those championships and everything like that, I, I actually just had a Bible study on this and I, I told somebody this and I was like, it's, it's not about the rings, you know, it's not about the, um, the quote unquote fame for some guys, the, you know, the limelight, um, just all, all of this stuff. It's about the, it's about the trials that you went through that you had to overcome to get to where you are now. And, uh, you know, I'd be lying. Like, keep in mind, we have a, we have a ring, you know, from Amarillo It's, it's massive. I have it right here. It's right here. Uh, they did a great job, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's the people who helped us get to that point, the staff, um, you know, our coaches, the concession stands, people, the, the field workers, the, the, the coordinators, everybody who put us all that team together. It, it's about that, those people who made it happen and us going through that time, being down to a, or down O2 and being able to, will ourselves to win that series. And that is what I, I find most important about winning those championships. And even though, even in those times, I think that you just learn so much about yourself as a man, as a person. And you don't even think about the rings. You don't think about the limelight. You don't think about the fame, fortune or anything like that. You just think about where I am as a person, as a human being from where I was. Incredible stuff. Uh, one more before I let you go. It's already turned into a long conversation, so we appreciate the time. I feel like I got to talk football with you a little bit. Uh, you, you were putting videos out on Twitter in the offseason of some of your highlights from high school as a running back. Man amongst boys, dude. I mean, was, <laughs> those were some very impressive highlights. I I don't know if I can I, – I, like, I don't like to talk about myself, but now that I'm not playing football anymore, that was some of the most fun time of my life. Because it was just the it was just time where I was just I was just free. I didn't really, you know, think about oh, you know, this school, this, that, and the other. No, it was more of like uh, uh yeah, we we got Walker this week, you know, we got St. Francis next week, we got, you know, Pinecrest the other week. Like, oh, okay. I, I just had it was like a chip on my shoulder that was just like, you guys aren't gonna stop me. So like don't try. <laughs> it's, it was kind of like that, but um, it was just a fun time. Like I, I just remember, like, like before games, like everybody was so serious, and I'm just sitting here, like I'm going into my training room, talking to my trainer, and I'm just like listening to like some like fun music, you know, some like Quinn ninety two, uh, you know, just all this stuff, and just playing like techno music or whatever, like Future, Drake, Wayne. 
and I'm just having fun. I'm dancing around. Guys are like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, I'm just like, oh, okay. It's just I'm I'm having fun at the end of the day. And then uh, that's really all I did. And then going out in the field, just had a little chip on my shoulder, like, you guys aren't going to stop me. So that's how I've really felt. <laughs> Well, it, it sure looked like they didn't stop you. So I think you knew exactly what you're talking about uh, as it went into that. And man, really uh, appreciate the time. Glad to hear you're hanging in during uh, what's obviously a weird uh, time right now. Uh, hope to see you up at Petco sooner rather than later, along with everybody, I guess, but uh, particularly you, uh, you know, in, in terms of baseball. We'll uh, we'll look forward to that hopefully sometime soon and, and continue to stay healthy. Thank you guys for your time. Be safe, guys. All right, Taylor Trammell, one of the top prospects in the Padres system. Like I said, great guy. Had a huge moment in that game last year. Took a 3-1 deficit in the ninth inning of the deciding game of the championship. Put it into uh, a lead with a grand slam. As you heard, Hudson Potts adds another homer. And the Amarillo Sod Poodles in their first year were the Texas League champions of 2019. Bring back in Randy Jones and Brady Phelps. Oh, look at that. Hello. Uh, And, uh, you know, you talk about a kid that just like, oozes charisma and confidence, Randy. He's got a great personality. He does. And I, uh, I enjoyed him, a lot of energy. And that's what, yeah, that's what you need. You can get young guys and the talent. And uh, you can tell that you can sense some leadership in the young man. Um, you know, and you still, you got to do it on the field to start with, guys. But you think overall, it's uh, one of the, another one of those assets that I think the Potters have quite a few of. One of the interesting... No, go ahead, no, I just was ready to run through a wall for that guy after that interview. I mean, that I I absolutely loved everything that he said. I mean, even little things like, you know, I rounded first and then I blacked out, you know, <laughs> and I, I couldn't stop saying let's go. And I realized I still had more baseball to play. And, you know, and, and then when he's talking about winning the championship and that he, you know, I uh, he was such a big part of then for him to start giving props to the concession stands workers and the staffers. And I mean, I, I just what a humble, amazing, uh, well-grounded. I mean, the kid is, what a stud. I love him. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. All right. So again, thanks to Taylor Trammell and I hope to see him and a lot of other people at Petco very soon. It's funny. You say that usually to a prospect, Hey, we hope to see you at Petco soon. Uh, but it's kind of taken on a different meaning now with everything going on, uh, in the world. A couple of things to uh, let you know about before we get out of here. Uh, Padres Foundation has been doing great work during this crisis with uh, the weekly auction benefiting COVID-19 relief efforts. Go to Padres.com slash auctions for information. Those are some fine items this uh, this week. Uh, Manny Machado baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr. baseball, Eric Hosmer jersey. And of course, if you want a Randy Jones autograph, all you got to do is uh, send him a letter. He'll send it back. He's, he's, happy. <laughs> he's got nothing but time. <laughs> yeah. Come on up to Escondido. Visit me. Funny, funny. Uh, And then uh, the other thing is uh, Fox Sports San Diego, of course, our friends have uh, been doing an absolutely stellar job of replaying old games. Uh, I got one word. You see Joey Hamilton. I got one word, Brady. Snickers. Snickers. That would be Monterey. Monterey. Cammy going yard and yard and yard. Uh, Yeah, this is – what I don't know is, is the – is this when they broadcast this game, like are fans going to understand the context of what's happening in the history of the Snickers? Cause I don't know. Were they talking about that during the broadcast? Like, I don't, those are things I don't remember. I'm I sure I watched the game, but I don't recall. I don't recall talking about the Snickers during the game. No. 
Yeah, I wonder how that's going to kind of play out and if people are realizing, like, I guess the historical significance of what is going down in regards to Cammy's performance, you know? I just, all, all I remember is the Monterey games is that the little tequila, the, the tequila shot little bar area was slammed, man. There was a lot of people in there drinking shots of tequila. I just couldn't believe that. It doesn't, the- doesn't sound like something the baseball fans would do in, in Mexico for a pro game. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. And, and yeah, you, you're probably just and, and you're, you're probably misremembering. No, I'm not. No, I was right there. I, you know, I think I think I, I, think I spelt my tequila when he hit that home run. That's what. I, <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like you got uh, Joey Hamilton and Paul Wilson on the bump, and uh, Cammy obviously does some great things in the Snickers game. That is tonight on Fox Sports San Diego. Coming up exactly 30 minutes from now. In hey, how about, but how, how about you did the game the other night, though, Jesse? Did, did I see Mud Grants punch somebody out with a slider? I think I saw that. It was Maldonado. Or- it, it was maybe Mark Grant's finest hour. And I'm, when I asked him about it on Thursday, he had a very sweet. honest response. He said the Giants had nothing to play for. They were just going through the motions. <laughs> I Every one of the Giants blacked out after the first pitch. There, so there he is. There's my man. Looking yeah, trim. and then he also didn't he also uh, he also legged out a hit in this one, didn't oh, he? I think it was a fielder choice. That's nasty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he did reach, uh, and he came in to score a run. I think. Yeah. Amazing. But yeah, he amazing forced his teammate out at second. It's not what you want to do. But yeah, it makes Will Clark look bad. I mean, it's he's he's got some good stuff here. It's a great appearance uh, by Grant, and again. You know, the reason they were showing this game, ostensibly at least, was because it was, you know, Clark and Tony, you know, head to head late in the year for the batting title. But it really kind of turned into the Mark Grant game. He was very involved. Great relief effort. And uh, and I think this is it, too. You're going to see Mud uh, shake Tony's hand in a moment. And what Mark said to us on Thursday was he said, Tony, like, hey, now let's go out and win that batting title. Something like that. You kind of see Tony's reaction to it. Here it is. (laughs) Give us a little little pat. That's great. great. <laughs> yeah, it's I love great it. Stuff. All right. Well, uh, well, thank you, uh, RJ and Brady. Always a treat. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. I love seeing you guys. Really love do. being here. Really an honor to be able to share a screen with obviously you, Jesse, but the legend. love my friend. If you want to grab RJ's fro and come on out, man, one day, come on out. Rick and I would love to come on, join I, you I, and I, run I, through I, all yeah. your junk. Yeah. yeah, before that though, I'll probably put you to work for a couple hours. So I think that's fair as long as you don't, you know, hurt me. I think that I would, I would love to be there. <laughs> I'd love to see you guys. Virtual you. hugs all around, Randy. Love you. I'll, I'll let you in the gate, dude. You just show up. All right. I love all right. It. Deal. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again to these guys and everybody else for hanging out. Taylor Trammell. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow at five thirty. Again with the show, man. We're just trying to, uh, you know, take up an hour of everybody's time, make you feel a little bit normal, talk baseball. Obviously, the uh, pandemic stuff comes into the conversation. How could it not? That's life these days. But really just trying to supply a little bit of normalcy uh, at 530 from Monday through Thursday. So we'll be back at it tomorrow. Hope you have a great night. Uh, Thanks to Nikki and Colin Chan and everybody else behind the scenes. That is a live look at a place uh, we all wish we could be. I believe this week would have been the uh, big Chicago homestand. Uh, Padres were scheduled to play three games against the White Sox beginning tonight and then four games against the Cubs. Oh, those schedule makers, they've got a sense of humor. It was uh, seven straight home games against the two Chicago teams. Obviously, that is not happening. But someday, we'll be back.